Hello and welcome. Today we're talking to a guy called Alf Morris. He was born in the 30s and grew up in the East End of London. He's got a few stories to tell uh, about life in the East End during the, the 30s and 40s. And uh, I hope you enjoy. This is Podcast 001 and this is the very beginning of the People's Oral History Podcast. Uh, I can remember the coronation and my f- my coronation fa- which, which pardon what, what year was that oh what year 1937 okay so who who was that George I don't know I can't, can't I, I don't know I think it was uh, that'd be a I think yeah I think it was George George yeah. because um, it, it was when um, the Duke of Windsor ab- abdicated okay uh, I was roughly about that I oh, know it was about that and um my father, with uh, other people in the in the streets where I lived, they all got together and they built a stage at the bottom of the Prospect Walk. Uh, it was done, made with scaffold books. Was this for the coronation? Yeah. So for a street party. And then party. they decorated it and the ladies decorated it and then it had all lights all around it, all coloured lights. And then... On the day of the coronation, they uh, there was all tables laid right from the bottom, right from the uh, stage, right up until the uh, junction with Us Street. And all the children, we all got small gifts and oranges and apples and things like that. And we had jelly and whatever. Whatever the children had then, it was a luxury. What was the East End like back then, before oh, the war? Oh, East End now. Now, uh, one of the things that was taking uh, taken over the East End uh, was the black shirts, which was, a, which was, as we well know now, it was a subsidiary of the Nazi party. But um, the reasons they t- it was taken over, the, over there because there was a tremendous Jewish population and um, we used to have... They used to have marches, possibly Sunday afternoon, and all the Jewish shops were, windows were smashed. They used to hold meetings on the corner of Green Street and and, and um, uh, Victoria Park Square. If it got out of hand, the police would charge with their batons. Anybody who was in the way, they just, they, just got, they got knocked over like. I mean, this was eighty years ago, but it, we're, we're still similar. We're still similar well, we're, now, we're, aren't we? We're, we're still. We're, we're, I mean, what I'm talking about now, people today, the younger generations don't they, they don't believe you. They don't believe it happened, but it did happen, and the black shirt movement was getting such a hold in in the UK as there was records made of it, it was, it was speeches. And the records were this, this like we got now, but um, with the swastika in the middle of it. Right, and okay. he used to do speeches, and it was getting, in the East End, it was getting a very, very serious thing. And this was all a build-up to the Second World War. And... We live with it. We live with it all the time. We were only children and our parents, well, 
some of our older, old, very old parents, like I was, now I'm now, them gentlemen had served in the First World War, and they were the, they was the people that tried to keep keep it at bay because they knew what it was, what it could lead to. The black shirts would single out fan, Jewish families. To to give you an example of this, I lived in twenty three Prospect Walk, and a lady next door to me, or next door to my mother, she was a lady called Mrs. Stern, very, very nice person. And her husband, he would come about, he'd go about his business. They had a daughter named Dinah. She was very, very nice. No, no none of us. She lived amongst us. And we all got on very, very, very well. But one night, they come, uh, the black shirts come down the street where I lived and they singled out the Stearns. Get out, you so-and-sos, and I don't want to swear, but you, they get out, you shouldn't live here and all that aggravation. They were frightened to, at the finish, they were frightened. When you say the black shirts, what are you talking about in numbers of, how many would there have been? What? Uh, black shirts, say, black shirt? say at the meetings on a Sunday. What, how many would there have been? 50, 100. And did that, you know, develop and get more and more? Or oh, yeah. It's yeah. getting old in this country. Because okay. the records, people were buying the records, or men were buying the records, and they was feeding them with propaganda, what they would do and what they wouldn't do, and how they would the country, and this, that, and the other. And, and uh, I mean, my mother's relatives, they lived in in um, Bramer Street and they used to sit in the front room listening to Ger- like uh, the German speeches but it was all in English but what they wanted them to believe and they believed it and they didn't know what was going on in other parts of the world but that's what, that's how it become a very hold in this country and um, so what happened to the Stearns? Nothing happened to nothing, the Stearns because really. we uh, my father and all the men in the street, they 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 fronted them and said, "Go, go!" Because there would have been there would have been a fight. And so I mean that that's uh, community spirit basically. Do you how, do you think we've lost that community spirit in neighbourhoods? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, yeah, yeah. when do you think we lost that? I mean, we can go really into this if you want to. Let's not. Let's, no. no. Let's, let's I mean, not. we can really the reasons the reasons we don't have no street parties is two is the people now all the younger generations don't think the war happened, and 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 you hear them talking about what this and that when you're an older man like me, they think it's nothing. They think it, they, they they take it as as a pinch of salt. Where we we looked upon it as very serious, they don't. And the reasons we don't have no street parties now is because they think it's below their dignity to 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 have the have these street parties. When the blitz began, uh, we slept in various places. We slept in um, the Anson shelters. And when we was bombed out, we went to various church cellars, if you like. Uh, we used to get there at eight o'clock at night and stay there till the next morning. But in the, in this um, the crypts, 
Yeah. And in the crypts, you could hear everything. You could hear the noise of the bombs and the guns and all that. Well, you never used to get much sleep. It was, it wasn't really safe. But you wasn't to know that. You 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 went anywhere because you 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 couldn't stay indoors. So we we were to, we was going to St John's Church in Bethnal Green in the crypt. We slept with the coffins. There was a, a shelf, and there was lead coffins up there. Been there for yonks years, years, and um, we wasn't concerned about that. Uh, we just had to get a night's sleep. Then somebody came in and said, "Oh, they're going to open the tube tomorrow night. The tube is going to because the, the tube, the Bethlehem Green tube, was being built, and um, we went down there." But when you got down there, you couldn't hear nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing you couldn't hear. Nothing. You're listening to a Creative Commons licensed podcast. But what happened what happened on the third of March nineteen forty-three between the hours of eight PM and eight thirty PM? The RAF had visited Berlin the night before. And we always knew that we'd, that we'd get uh, a visit from the opposition. In other words, German planes would come out. Well... When you say visit, you mean bombing raid? Pardon? When you say visit, you mean a bombing raid? Yeah, right, yeah. an air raid. A, yeah. an, an occasional air raid. It wasn't It wasn't like a blitz. It yeah. was, the blitz was um, 10 air raids a day. Um, and... and, and, and um, well, you just couldn't move about. You was you had to end up in a shelter and, and things like that. Yeah. And then when the, when the night came, you got to the tube early. You got to stay there at seven o'clock because the air raid wanted to go about about eight o'clock, and that was when the night blitz started. The bombing of, the, uh, of all the surrounding areas and, uh, and and like that, and the guns and whatever. So that time, but this but on the particular night of the. 3rd of March 1943, I was 13 years old then, uh, we were all sitting around the television, that's uh, so, 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 sitting around the radio, I beg your pardon, the radio, and um, all of a sudden the radio went off, and when there was going to be an air raid, the, the radio would go dead, there was no, uh, if you was listening to a programme, there was no arguments that were apologising or anything like that. It go dead and there was nothing. And that told you there was going to be an air raid. So my father, he was a very level-headed man, my father. He said to me and my, my mother's sister, uh, you carry on to the tube and um, I'll fetch mum and the baby. And my sister had just been born. She was three weeks old, 1943. We carried on and I lived in 106 Old Ford Road and um, we carried on along Old Ford Road. We turned into Victoria Park Square. Now Victoria Park Square went right through to Roman Road and then you walked across and then you was in in the entrance of the tube. We got there and then there was a searchlight in between the Victor in between St John's Church and the music museum. There's a gardens, a small gardens. They're still there now. Uh, where there was a blackout, 
the reflection of the rays you could see a long way. You know, you I, I don't think they could see from the from the ground from the from the sky, but you, where we were, you could see. And when that happened, you you started to move because all the guns had started open up, all the anti-aircraft guns and. But he'd found a plane. And with that, all the other searchlights in the area all cottoned on. Got him, got him. And they followed him right away, right away across. Well, when he got within range of the Z batteries, and Z batteries was a new anti-aircraft defence. And on the running track at Victoria Park, there was around about, I think, between 12 and 18 to, to be honest, I think it was something like that, 18 of these Z batteries, and they were rockets. And the idea was to fire them at, say, at 10,000 feet and they'd all burst. Well, anything in the middle, it was definitely a good eye at all. And um, it fetched a plane down. Or that's what they, that, that was what the theory was. Well, the rockets fired, they fired these guns, and at that time, two buses arrived, and that was full of people. And we worked with us, and we'd started to enter the tube then. At that time, there was only a 25-watt bulb over the top of the entrance because it was a blackout. And we all knew there was no handrail. Oh, the handrails was down each side, each side of the um, the wall. And the wall was all jagged concrete because it was just rough concrete where they was going to do the finishing touches at a later date. But that's how it was. Well, we all walked down, and we'd all been walking down there for years, so we all knew where the steps was, and this, uh, all of a sudden, the rockets fired, and we all thought it was a bomb coming down. People shouted, there's a bomb, there's a bomb, get down, get down, get down. And with that, they all surged downstairs. One fell on top of the other, and you had 173 people dead. There was children, there was men, there was women, there was everything. I was in the middle of it, and I got pushed to the left, and my aunt, we was holding hands, and she got pushed to the right, and I was carried up against the wall, and I got to about the third stair from the bottom, and I was started to, put, wanted to pull myself out. I could feel myself getting trapped in. As I know it now, there was people dead, or people who were dying, or who, who were, and I tried to get myself out like that and pull myself out. My legs, I couldn't move my legs. I could move my legs, but I couldn't get no no purchase to pull myself out. And with that, at the bottom of the stairs where it happened, there's a landing. And there was an, a lady air raid warden called Mrs Chumley. And she was a big woman. And she used to tell you to tell you to shut up. And you shut and you didn't say a word. And um, she walked, she come across. And she, first of all, she grabbed me out. And I couldn't, she couldn't get me out like that. So what she done, she laid across the, must have been the bodies, well, what was the, the other people. She put her arms underneath my arms and just yanked me out like that. And of course, all my legs all rubbed up against the concrete and I was all grazed and down my legs. And, one, you know, and she sat me down at the bottom of the stairs and she grabbed me by the scruff like that. She went, you... Go downstairs and you say nothing of what's happening here. Do you hear me? I went, yes, miss. I was, I was shaking. 
Yes, miss. Yes, miss. Yes, miss. For what reason would she say that? Well, because the, the, there was all de- the, the, the reasons she's saying so that. people wouldn't come up and... No, no, no. There was 1,500 people in that night. And the last thing they wanted was a... And that was the only entrance. They didn't want the surge coming back up. They didn't want, they didn't want the people to start, <clears throat> well, getting a bit nervous yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and start surging forward. So they, anyway, I went down the stairs and when I got down to the bottom... There was a big steel floodgate, they called a floodgate. It was about that thick, the steel door. I pressed a button, a bell, and um, they pushed the door open. They pushed this big steel door open. It was on a steel runner. And I walked in, and uh, there was an air red warden standing there. He said, what are you crying for? And I was like, I wouldn't say nothing. I, wouldn't, I was too frightened, too frightened. I'm frightened out of my life. I walked out to my bunk, where we slept, we slept in B section. I sat there, and the girls in the next bunk, I said, Alfie, what are you crying for? What's the matter? And I wouldn't tell them, I didn't say nothing. I just sat there and cried. And about 10 minutes later, a quarter of an hour later, my aunt come down, and she had a black, do you know what astrakhan is? No. No. She had a, she had a black astrakhan thick winter coat on, and it's all coils like that, cold black material. And it was pretty thick. It was a style at that time. And she had that on. They undone it and it had buttons all the way down. They undone it and grabbed her and pulled her out and left her shoes and her coat there. And all her side was all bruised. All where, where, she, where, 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 where they kicked her and everything else. And when she came down, she didn't say nothing. We both grabbed one another and, and cried. I mean, obviously, people did find out that night. Oh, didn't no, they? no, 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 they no, didn't. No, no, no. Okay. No, this is where the bit comes in. What was you told to keep no, quiet no, about no, it? No, no, don't, don't jump to conclusions. We sat there. They said to my aunt, "What's the matter with Lil? What's the matter, Lil?" She said, "There's some, uh, oh, some people fell over at the top. That's all they made. I didn't make. I made very light of it. And then around about, I suppose half past nine, ten o'clock." An air raid warden, a police officer, and um, an air raid warden, a police officer, and a fireman. They come from another tut. They come down. In in Bethnal Green, there's a gardens called Carpenter's Square, and that is a little way from Bancroft Road. I know all this might be, you don't know, but and there was an air shaft there, and that, there's an air shaft under the ground. And that fed the air into the tunnel. Well, there was a, a spiral staircase down there, down, down there. And they come, they went to that and come down that. Well, when they walked up, they was walking towards the occupied part of the tunnel. Because it wasn't all, all, all bunks. So far, and then it got started to get dirt, uh, water, a lot of water there. And, and that. they came down. And there was two steel doors there. They pushed the steel doors open and then they walked through the tunnel. Well, people then said, why are they coming that way? Why aren't they coming that way? And they spoke to the people, uh, three men, and they said to the people, men, why are you coming that way and not that way? And they ignored them. They just walked by them. They just, just as if they wasn't there. It was ignorance, I know, but there was a reason for that. There was a lot of people there, and they didn't want to panic. The last thing they wanted another panic. Uh, they've got, they got enough problems upstairs. Mm-hmm. 
and they they started to go. They got up there, walked up the escalators, and and they helped to get the the, the bodies out. And all the bodies was the bodies was um, the bodies were laid out on on the pavement, taken over to the uh, church, and they commandeered two. They commandeered a bus. A bus come along, and they they offed all the people off, and they they put all the bodies in the buses and took them to various mortuaries. And no one knew what had happened until two days later because people were missing from their jobs, from their schools, from this, from, from that. And, and all that type of information was kept at a low profile. They, didn't, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't tell you nothing. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, were they were they classed as war war casualties? No, uh, even today they reckon it's a civilian casualty, I, and I, I I disagree with that. But that was no civilian disaster. That was a that was a military blunder. The next morning, people were missing. Uh, in my class alone, there was four children missing. Well, it, it become a point that, um, well, where are they? What happened? What's happened? And then somebody stood up in the class and uh, uh, one of the older girls and said, "There's been a de- there's been an accident at uh, Bethnal Green, and there's a lot of people been killed, and uh, and that's all it was. There was nothing else." And then when we lined that started to line up after the after the disaster, we I mean, we, we we didn't know ourselves that all these people were dead, and uh, the newspapers was offering children five pounds to tell them what was happening and we had people round us saying you say nothing you've got to say nothing nothing at all uh, the authorities that they put uh, something on to stop to stop you saying anything they said uh, they didn't even make it a, an announcement in the paper or nothing nothing was said it was a uh, mr churchill supposed to have said and the home secretary that um you don't say nothing because it's a uh, information to the to the um to the enemy so they kept it all quiet it was all kept quiet nothing was done and then um it really come home a week later when in bethnal green there was 14 about 14 15 13 10 funerals a day and then that's when it really come home and people were getting to the point where well there's been a disaster there's been a, a an accident but then two weeks later they started to build an extended entrance more safer entrance and they put that up two weeks after the disaster well yeah how would you feel you you've had all your you've had your wife killed your children killed and then and they, they should have put that up before at the top of the stairs you know when it's crisscross grates what you see on the tube mm-hmm. they call it a boswick gate yeah, they put one of them at the top. Well, if that had been there, they could have controlled the crowd. They would go and that's it, close the door and let their people go on the downstairs. And then another lot come down, but they didn't. There wasn't. And then the next morning, the very next morning, I started to put handrails down the down the stairs, the the nineteen steps where they was all killed. This is always the case with tragedies, though, isn't it? We we don't realise what the problem was until it's happened, and then. They, they kind of well, make improvements, all of, all of they? Was to, 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 the, to the individual, it was a, it was a, it, 
they was all blaming the, the Bethnal Green Council, the, who, who controlled this. They thought it was them, but it wasn't. It was the there's another body that controlled all the all the all, all the um, shelters in in East London. There was a, a one body, one body of and they refused to spend the money on the entrance. The Bethnal Green Council tried to take the government to the High Court in 1944, but they slapped the Secrets Act on them so as to shut them up. They didn't, and they could they couldn't do nothing. But it was tried to because it wasn't it wasn't Bethnal Green fault. It was the it was the body that that wouldn't spend the money, and they this is this is the terrible tragedy of it. And another thing was. On that particular night, there was no bombs dropped in Bethnal Green. None at all. There was no nothing. This was the terrible thing about it. Okay, Alf, that's, that's done. Thank you very much. Pardon? Should we go and take some photos and look at some stuff? You, t you want to take my photo? And have a look at You said you've got some things yeah, to show oh, me. Okay. Yeah, okay. Right. Let's yes. turn this off. I'll show you some memorabilia. You are listening to the people's own history podcast.